is what the war in Vietnam is all about. Communism was on the march. I knew that when I went to Vietnam, I was going to be killed. Never have men served with greater devotion. Explain Vietnam. I can't do it. This is Veterans Voices, Memories and Stories of Minnesota's Vietnam Veterans. I'm Kevin Berger. I found out really early, I think I was 10 or 11, that I wanted to be a nurse. And I was in Vietnam from 68 to 69. That's the voice of Valerie Buchan, one of 11,000 service women who went to Vietnam. 85% of them were nurses, as Valerie was. Now, when I spoke to Valerie, she was 80. And when she enlisted, she was 30. So she had had 50 years to reflect on her service. She is such a modest person. She's very unassuming, and yet she's got a a steely core. And I was not surprised when I heard about some of the leadership roles that she assumed. I would think she would be the kind of nurse that you would want to work with, or if you had been injured, that you would want caring for you. Lots of times people forget that women are involved in in war, too. Uh, my father was a farmer, a World War I veteran. My mother was a school teacher. She taught in small country schools. Um, I had two sisters. They were both younger. A big part of our life was our church. I had uh, an extended family. I had aunts and uncles There were a lot of us that got together at holidays. It was a happy time. And I decided I was going to be a nurse. (laughs) So somebody told me, take all the math and science classes you can in high school. So I did that. And then finally I got to Hamlin University School of Nursing, their diploma program, in the summer of 1954. Around December of 1960. Five, I guess it was. We started getting letters from the nursing, different nursing agencies telling us that these opportunities were in the military. And uh, then we started getting letters from the recruiters from Air Force, Army, Navy. And that's what kind of prompted me to, to look into it. I had eight cousins and an uncle in World War II, a couple of cousins in Korea, I, I think I saw it as something that that I should do. We were all girls in our family and nobody else to go. You, were you an army nurse? Yes. Yeah. Army nurse, yes. Well, I, uh, I looked into all three, and I didn't qualify for the Navy because they only took four-year graduates, and I had a three-year diploma. So that was out. And the Air Force kind of put me off... Um, thinking that I didn't uh, didn't meet their standards either. And uh, so uh, I uh, went over to talk to the Army recruiter. She, In fact, I called her on the phone, and she sent a sergeant in a staff car over to pick me up. I was very impressed. <laughs> and um, she, she talked to me, and um, I decided that the Army was for me. Then when I got home, the Air Force was on the phone asking if they could come and talk to me. But by then, I had made up my mind. How old were you at this time? 31. I went to uh, Fort Sam Houston for basic training. That was seven weeks. And then I went to Japan for two years, and then to Vietnam for one. 
Then I went to Fort Divens, Massachusetts for two more years, and that was my five years of active duty. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what it was like uh, with your work in Vietnam. Um, the biggest challenge of my life, um, we had to use all of all that we had learned along the way, all of the skills that we had acquired were needed there because we would treat large numbers of patients sometimes at one time, you know. So you would have to just dig in and do whatever was needed to be done. I, I've never take, taken care of a group of people who were more grateful, more respectful. I, I, they, they were just the most wonderful people to take care of because to begin with, they were healthy young males, you know, and so they had a good chance to get well if, if they could get to us. And they were always so so grateful for anything that we could do for them. Yeah. What kind of injuries did you see? We saw a lot of injuries from explosives, a lot of amputations of the legs because of the way the explosives were placed around in the area, gunshot wounds, of course, from sniper fire, head injuries, burns, People got burned in the helicopters when they would go down and couldn't get away from the helicopters. And and that is probably the type of injury that bothered me the most. Because, you know, the burn patients, at the point that we got them, were very conscious. They could feel the pain. We didn't keep those patients long at the evacuation hospital. Uh, They brought in fixed-wing aircraft and took them out of there um, as soon as we could get them stabilized and took them back to Fort Sam Houston where the uh, burn center was. So we didn't see them for long, but uh, I remember them very well. Where were you and what year was it? I, I was in uh, Japan. We took care of all, of all of the patients in Japan were evacuees from Vietnam. And uh, I was there from 66 to 68, and I was in Vietnam from 68 to 69. And where were you stationed in Vietnam? Uh, the base camp was called Kuchi. It was 12th Evacuation Hospital, and it was support for the 25th Infantry Division. Describe what the, what the hospital or what the unit where you worked in, what was that like? It was made up of Quonset huts, a series of Quonset huts. Our emergency room where I worked was two uh, Quonset huts put together. And um, the rest of the hospital wards were Quonset huts. And then there was a sidewalk went down in front of each of the buildings so that they were connected in that way. We stayed in what we called hooches, and they were little wooden buildings. The walls were slatted so that the air could circulate. It was hot over there. <laughs> and uh, I never have taken the heat, the heat too well, but, but I, I was able to, to perform adequately under, under those conditions. And we were seven to seven and seven to seven. Yeah. The night shift and the day shift. <laughs> so I imagine other than, you know, you sleep and you get a bite to eat and then it's back to work? Yeah, yeah. It's just work, eat, sleep. Nobody's got any place to go, <laughs> which really contributes 
to being a very close-knit group, you know. We got very dependent on each other. In fact, when I got home, I realized I was looking for that again, and of course I've never found it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, we had Vietnamese people working for us and with us, and we don't know what happened to them, you know, after, after we left. And, um, and that bothers me, too. That bothers me. I, they were good people, very loyal to us, hard workers. I don't know what happened to them. Did you see people who, you know, did have to come home in a body bag? Oh, yeah. Yes. It must have been. Well, one of the vivid memories that I have ha occurred when I first, I had only been there a few days, and they brought in this young man, and he was hurt very badly, and we worked for about an hour and a half, but we couldn't save him. The litters were brought in. I don't know if you know those military litters. They're canvas with the wooden holders. And then uh, the way it was set up in the emergency room, we had sawhorses, and the litters were placed on the sawhorses. And then at the end of each sawhorse set, there was a little table for things. And the people from the administrative uh, section would come in and put the soldier's belongings, the things that were collected out of his pockets and that sort of thing, onto that little table until we decided where the patient was going to go and then the things would go with him in an envelope. But this one, this early on when I was there, they, it, this young man was from Illinois and he uh, died there and as I was walking away, um, I saw his things and his ID card was there. And I picked it up and looked at it. And it was his 21st birthday that day. And I became so filled with sadness that I, I just, I, I, I just was so sad. I can't even, ex I don't think I've ever been that sad before. Anyway, I did, that was one of my little things that I decided I had to do to preserve myself. <laughs> I never looked at another ID card, never. I just let it be. When she returned home, she was very involved in getting the Women's Vietnam Memorial started. She was part of uh, a very passionate group of women that wanted to make sure that those contributions were noted and remembered. I think she really valued the work that nurses did, and that was one of the reasons why she wanted to be involved in initiating the Women's Vietnam Memorial, which is very near the wall in D.C. Uh, and I think as the daughter of a veteran, that also was particularly meaningful to her. My faith was the thing that kept me able to perform the task that I had to do over there. When things got tough, I would pray. And uh, so I'm thankful for the way I was brought up and the faith that I had developed. And then uh, I understand you were involved in the uh, Vietnam Women's Memorial. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, tell me about that. Well, you know, from the start, it was very small. Uh, just a handful of us got together, and uh, and then it grew so big. We, we go there every five years. I've been there every five years since it was dedicated. It's a, it's been a it's been a wonderful thing, and it brings us together. And it's just it's just a good thing too. I think to, to remind uh, the people of America that women have made that particular contribution. And uh, did it give you a chance to see something of the world that you wanted to see? Tell me about that. Oh yeah, I, that. Uh, for years and years, I've never been as happy as when I've got my suitcase walking through the, day, the gate at the airport. I, uh, I love to travel, and I think that's because I saw so many interesting places. And, uh, and then it, the other thing that happened is that it made me so thankful for my own country because I saw, you know, how people in other places had to live and, and what they had to put up with and and the, you know, the chances that they had for education and that sort of thing. We have so much to be grateful here for, yeah. Did you think that uh, in the, the big picture and what we all know now and everything, do you think it was correct that the U.S. entered this war? Yes, I do. Why? Well, communism was a big threat. <clears throat> You're probably too young to remember how it was, but... Uh, you know, we were even having drills in school because we were so afraid of the Russians. I mean, communism was on the march. We were reminded of that in the newspapers and on the newscasts. We were afraid of it, and and uh, a lot of the countries, you know, were, were going communist. And I, I thought that it was a thing that we needed to stop. And I'm convinced that in a way we did, even if, Vietnam turned out the way it was. You know, there are a lot of places in the Middle East and Far East that didn't fall to communism, and I think Thailand, Philippines, I th there are others. They didn't because of the stand that America took, but of course the way it ended was something else. Did you feel it was your responsibility to be part of stopping communism? I did, yeah. I, need, I thought that everyone should do whatever they could. I, you know, I, I, it was portrayed as, as a really evil thing, and, and I just ate up all that uh, propaganda, you know, and, uh, and I thought that uh, I thought that it was, and I, I, think, I believe still that it is not a good thing. Your desires to serve were very patriotic, but did you lose any faith? Well, I did when I realized that that the American public was being told lies, you know, about what was going on, and um, and then is when I really started questioning what what the motives were for some of these people that were running things. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't happy when I realized that the American people were being fed lies. What Say, lies? Oh, for instance, they kept telling them that we weren't in Laos, and, and we were in there long before the American public ever knew it. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the thing about the body counts that wasn't right. 
And uh, how did you change from, you know, working in the civilian sector to, to being a military nurse? I think that, you know, if I were to start making a list of ways that my thinking changed, um, I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. I, I think that, you know, I'm sometimes irritated with trivia that pe people get upset with. I, um, I think that I'm not as trusting. I'm, I'm much more interested in the politicians and what they accomplish and what they tell us they're going to do and what they don't do. I'm, I'm very into that because I think that, that they didn't do right by the Vietnam veterans. Colonel Valerie Buchan retired from the Army Reserves in 1987. She worked as a nurse for 43 years. She lives in Arden Hills. On the next episode, a peek behind war propaganda. Some of what people saw on TV news was shot by this veteran. And I'd be getting a, what we'd call a lot of the cover footage. Um, and the lieutenant, he'd just kind of hang around and maybe ask questions. <laughs> okay, kind of like a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a sound person also. So there, was, so there were three, four of us on the team. This is Kevin Berger for Veterans Voices Vietnam. Veterans Voices Vietnam is produced by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, in partnership with the Minnesota Humanities Center and support from the state of Minnesota. Online at Ampers.org.